Hello, my friends. Welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast, the DDP for short. I'm Paul White. Thanks for joining me as we are journeying on through the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 9. Yesterday, we read verse 26 where the Spirit came out, convulsed the boy, and he became as one dead. So many said, he is dead. We closed with this word yesterday, this thought, that if you are going to be delivered or you are going to enter into the next place, With Christ, you will only get there when you fall down as one who is dead. Let's build off of that today and build in it off of it contextually on our way to the next story. Because I think you'll see when you get to the next story how much this story uh, comes to life in light of the next story. So let's finish this one. He is dead, the crowd said. Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up. And he arose. Now, none of us, that's verse 27. None of us really talk about this in when we talk about the people Jesus raised from the dead. Because when we talk about resurrection, we mention Christ's own resurrection. But in terms of his life, we talk about him raising Jairus' daughter. We've already discussed that one, the 12-year-old girl, who Jesus actually said wasn't dead, she was asleep. The crowd said she was dead. So you can argue, well, was she really dead? Jesus knew she wasn't dead. We made the argument that what looks like death to us isn't death to God because he's the Lord of the dead. Uh, secondly is the, uh, is the widow at Nain. Jesus goes to Nain, a little village, N-A-I-N, and there's a widow weeping as her son's funeral is passing through town. And in that culture, he was her whole source of income. So... Not only is she weeping over the loss of her loved one, her whole life's over with. She's dead, in effect. Jesus reaches out, touches the casket. Old King James word says beer, B-I-E-R, the beer. And when he does, the boy sets up, and Jesus basically stops a funeral and raises the dead. And then thirdly, the famous, the most famous one, is the one, strangely, that's only in John, John 11, where Jesus goes to Bethany, and after four days of waiting... He raises Lazarus from the dead. Now, when we talk about resurrection, that's it. That's, that's basically what we talk about. We don't ever mention Mark chapter 9 where the mute boy is, appears to be dead. So I'm not trying to make the argument that everyone's wrong and that there's another resurrection. But I will make the argument that the crowd said he's dead, which is exactly what the crowd said on Jairus' daughter, she was dead, that in the Jairus' daughter's case, Jesus countered that what's going, oh, she's not, she's just asleep, and yet we consider her having been raised from the dead. Jesus doesn't counter the crowd here. They say he's dead. Jesus just ignores it. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. So the fact that they said he was dead, and then Jesus raised him up, and then the next story is Jesus talking about his own death and resurrection which we'll read, probably not today, but we're getting there. That, that, to me, says that the way this story ought to be viewed is a resurrection. And that leads me to the thought that opened, closed yesterday's podcast and opened today's. If you're going to get where you're going, you're going to have to die. And so to go from being the mute, deaf young man to being the man who rises up, and we don't know what happens to him, but who now has a future... He has to fall down and die. In reality, all of us 
when we go from what we were to what we could be, we don't just reform. We don't just take the old us and polish him, fix him, put, get him in better shape. We actually die. We die to what we were so that we are recreated in the image of God. You go, well, what's the point? Who cares whether it's reform or resurrection? I'll tell you why it matters. Because as a resurrected person in Christ, whomever you are, you are not what you were. So the the you that's messing around and sinning, that's not who you actually are. (laughs) You are actually resurrected into the image of Christ. We fall down and die. Now, with that said, as we recognize that, it helps us to recognize that true change comes, if that's what we want, by reckoning ourselves dead to the old. That's why Paul would say in Romans 6, reckon yourselves dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. Reckon, consider is the word. Consider yourself dead. You got to consider that you've went into him. Truly, Christianity is entering into death so that we raise up in the newness of life. This is that John 12 moment where Jesus says, the the Greeks come to see him, sir, we would see Jesus, and Jesus just ignores it and says, it's time for the Son of Man to be glorified. If If a seed falls into the ground and dies, it brings forth much fruit. If it doesn't, it remains alone. And you go, what in the world? Why? What's that got to do with these Greeks that want to see Jesus? Because the only way that any Greeks, all of us, are truly going to see Jesus is through the glorification of the death, burial, resurrection, ascension of Christ. That's how we're going to have our resurrection of who he is. And that's going to be our Christianity. I was talking to someone the other day and said, you know, I fear that a majority of our Western Christianity is cultural Christianity. We are Christians because mom and dad took us to church and Christianity for us is a bunch of the stuff surrounding church. It's why we got this mishmash of theology that includes anything someone was really passionate about. But a lot of us have never actually met Christ. And I'm not here saying, oh, a bunch of people aren't saved. Most of us aren't saved from something and still need saved from something. So let me throw myself in that boat. But without a ra- of an actual revelation of who Christ is, dead, buried, resurrection, ascended, and seated at the right hand of the Father, we run the risk of having a version of the faith that is void of the glory of who Jesus is. This young man is dead for all intents and purposes. Jesus raised him up. The disciples come to him privately in the house and say, why could we not cast it out? Verse 29, he said to him, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. And here's our other narrative problem. And I know I'm at the end of the podcast today, so it's not fair. So we'll pick it up tomorrow, but I'll say this. The earliest Greek doesn't have the phrase and fasting. It just ends at prayer. And in fact, a lot of the early translations don't have it. It's, It's years later before we start seeing the phrase and fasting added to Mark 9. And that tells us that at some point, some scribal translator thought that fasting needed to be on par with prayer. 
Tomorrow, I want to make the argument that Paul disagreed. And I think Jesus does too, which makes for a problem if you have Jesus saying and fasting. We'll discuss tomorrow. See you then. God bless.